There is no off button on the Insert Credit Podcast recording machine. Hello and welcome back to Insert Credit, the only show on the internet in which we weekly deliver the loudest news, reviews, tips, and tricks fresh dripped hot from the bottom of video games themselves. In each of our ten wild segments, we have six minutes to puncture your eardrums with the sick truth. If we can't reach a conclusive consensus within the time limit, listeners and participants alike suffer the buzzer. And now, your host, Alex Jaffe. Jaffe, Jaffe. Catch some bees and chop some trees. This is Insert Credit, the only show where a panel of scare quote experts uh, can reach a consensus on anything I ask them in six minutes. Otherwise, they suffer horrible consequences. Usually, those questions are about video games, but no guarantees. I'm Alex Jaffe, and the longest train ride I've ever taken was 30 hours long. Wow. That's That's a long train ride. That's a big one. Yeah, and now the idea is that you say your name and the longest train ride you've taken. No, I get it. I was just processing your your 30 minutes there. Uh, I mean, 30 hours. (laughs) 30 minutes. Uh, I'm Brandon Sheffield, and the longest train ride I have ever taken is probably 14 hours. Not Uh, bad. I'm Frank Cifaldi, and the longest train ride I've ever taken is, I don't know, how long does it take to get around Disneyland? Like 35 minutes, something like that. Okay, that's that's one one small world. Uh, the longest one I ever took was probably about two hours. Uh, I'm, I'm Tim Rogers, and uh, the longest train ride I've ever been on was maybe about 12 hours. However, I did it about 140, 150 times. So so you've logged more train hours overall? Maybe. I mean, probably, but if if we're getting into uh, total duration, that might be that might be a whole different thing. Yeah, I mean, I've I've been to Disneyland quite a few times since my childhood. So, good old I, Disneyland. I, I doubt you've taken the train at Disneyland. Like, how many times would it take? Uh, you doubt I, all you want, man. Thousands, yeah. man. Have you, have you taken Frank's, it sixty times? Frank's been to Disneyland at least a thousand times. Exactly. exactly. Wow, that's He's, impressive. You know, there's people who have been to Disneyland about a thousand times. Have you ever thought yeah, about that? I have I've thought about it. it. It disturbs me in a certain yeah, way. Yeah, people who work there. Oh, yeah, oh, those well, that's people. That's true. No, they there's people it. who definitely don't work there who uh, like to think they work there. Oh, yeah. They pay to work there. I, I knew some, some people in uh, in Chiba, in, in the area of Udayasu of Chiba. Shout out to uh, uh, Udayasu. Heck of a neighborhood. I knew some people who lived in Udayasu who went to Disneyland twice a week three or four times a week because it was so close tokyo disneyland it was less than one train stop away you could walk there and they had the year the yearly pass where they could get in anytime they wanted they just go eat dinner there lunch just there hang out yeah it's completely ridiculous i heard there's a mine cart ride there that isn't in the american parks you just can't escape mine cart levels there's a lot that carts. isn't in the american parks there they have like a, a lot of not off-brand, but like lower-tier Disney characters, because when they were building it, they didn't, you know, pay for all the big ones. 
So, Give me an example of a lower tier Disney character. I can't remember what his name is. He's he's this bear thing. Tim, do you know what I'm talking about? There's this there's this teddy bear looking thing that just looks like a regular teddy bear, but he's Bibby everywhere. Gribbles? Over there. What's his name? I don't, I don't know, know who that is, man. I don't remember what his name is. Tokyo Disney Sea Teddy Bear. I'm no Disney master. Are you God talking about it. the gummy bears? No. No, those guys. Those don't look things. anything like teddy bears. The gummy bears. The gummy bears suck. The Disney gummy bears cartoon. Did you ever watch that, Jaffy? Duffy. Duffy. I've is seen his name. It. Yeah. His name is Duffy. Duffy Bear. Duffy. Uh, yeah. Duffy is the Duffy the Disney Bear. He, did, uh, you know that, uh, did you know that Steamboat Willie is available in 4K on Disney Plus? No. I watched it. We watched it over here the other week. And it's just like, all right, this is the beginning of cartoons with voices in it. Sure, man. It's nonsense. It is. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of animal cruelty in yeah. uh, Steamboat Willie. A lot it's, of just it's like, way more itchy and scratchy, that kind of a thing. A lot of beating on animals. And and, stretching uh, them to see what kind of noise they make. and. Yeah, it's not good. It's anatomically right. surreal, I would say. We are well past time to get into our actual meat of the show. So oh, yeah, here's question true. number one, as submitted by Tim Rogers, the winner oh. of last week's episode. Yeah, I almost forgot I did this. Question one, define the foundational principles of the platonic ideal minigame. Okay, so the reason I came up with this question, Alex Jaffe asked me if I wanted to have a question, and I came up with one off the top of my head, and this was the question, because I had just been editing footage of, I'd been sifting through like 96 hours of footage that I have of the Final Fantasy VII Remake, and I was wondering about minigames, because the minigames in the Final Fantasy VII Remake are either really dumb, or they're uh, extremely technical, and... And and also very just kind of slapped together. And there's this one mini game called Whack a Box, which is really stupid. It's like a game some kids have invented in some junkyard that they live in. I where played they just, this one. You played this one, yeah. Okay. Yep. So did you? I don't know if you got as far as chapter fourteen of the game where you were able to uh, do the the Whack a Box hard mode challenge. I have which not is, yet been able to get to that. No. Okay, so it uh, it like requires you to completely master one particular element of the battle system, which is building the ATB and using your charges like immediately as they come up. Mm. And I'm like, somebody must have, uh, was the purpose of this minigame to teach you this mechanic or did the designers just expect me to know the mechanic? And also, is is it a minigame's job to drill me on the game? Isn't a minigame supposed to be like a, a an escape and instead, I'm hitting these big, ugly-looking boxes that are, like, ugly-looking on purpose. Um, and I think the better minigames is just the dumb pull-ups with the, the triumphant music. Did you do the pull-ups? No, I agree, I agree in general. I haven't gotten to the pull-ups yet. I'm still on chapter, like, five or six. But Oh, you haven't even done the seven? squats, then. No, I haven't even done, done squats yeah, yet. You haven't even done the squats. Man, well... I did squats in, in the for, original. But, you're uh, in for a treat. The squats yeah. in the new one are pretty good. Looking forward to it. But I, I do have stuff to say about this because, like, I have noticed that there are a lot of minigames these days that are, you know, understandably, we have these mechanics already. Let's yeah. do something with that. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's an easier way to make one of those things happen, but it isn't. It isn't that fun. It winds up feeling kind of like an obligation because it's it's just like, here's more of the stuff you were already doing 
but now it's harder instead of more fun. And, uh, you know, I, the, the whack a box is actually pretty fun on the easier mode, I would say, because, because in a way that's like something you were already doing for fun, just like walking around and smacking stuff, just messing with physics, like in, uh, in, in the Yakuza games, um, I love just running down signs and knocking people over and stuff, uh, as stupid as that is. But if they turned that into a mini game where I had to do that stuff, my enjoyment level would would go way down. I like it being my own personal mini game. So I I would say the platonic ideal of a mini game is something that um somehow subverts the original premise of the game. Either you know has a character do something that's sillier than they would normally do, or more serious than they would normally do, or is like a totally different mechanic. For example, those uh, that Zoom game company that made unpopular games like Zero Divide, but also popular games like Phalanx. In their unpopular games, or less popular games, I should say, they would often put a Phalanx or other shooting minigame. And it's like, okay, we got, for example, Zero Divide is a robot fighting game with uh, decent mechanics and very good music. And uh, then they slide in this completely different minigame that is just here's here's whatever small shooting game we could fit into this, but it's it's somewhat tangentially related. It's not the very best example. It would be better if it were actually like those robots doing the shooting. But I like that kind of thing where it's like, let's let's do something else. Let's add a little bit in here. I think I might disagree. I think a platonic ideal minigame is one that uses the established mechanics of the game but uh Mm. does a game that you wouldn't do normally within a a level or whatever i think the platonic ideal would be something like uh in super mario world right where you're sort of jumping up these levels where there's three question blocks each and you have to guess which one has the candy in it um you know that is basically a mario level but you're doing a game that's not a mario level and to me that's more of a platonic ideal um i would even say that like you know pointing at mario as a as an example of the antithesis i i don't think like the uh the puzzle the the mini games in mario 3 are platonic ideals at all i think they just kind of take away from the mario-ness of it uh you know uncover like doing uh card matching uh things and and like the the sliding matching things also i I just don't feel like that works so well so i think in your example like a, a good yakuza mini game would be like um throwing motorcycles at targets or whatever as opposed to like the the baseball mini game that's in there well i mean they do so they do have like in in yakuza zero there's the beast mode training which is essentially that you have to smash the right amount of things the right way but it's a they do it like i guess it would have to be better done because they do it in a very frustrating way um not to bring this back to bonk versus mario but I I to agree with you Frank I think that in Bonk's Revenge uh they do a great job of basically taking the things that the the few actions that you can do in Bonk which are like jumping and spinning and bonking and turning and those into that's mini all the time we have that teach you more dang it dang it uh personally uh I think the ideal mini game would be if you could unlock her in Mickey's Castle of Illusion uh, oh, question excellent. number two. Excellent. 
if Nintendo, Sony, and Microsoft made cars instead of consoles, what oh, would they yeah. be like? Oh, Stupid. yeah. <laughs> um, so First of all, should, yeah. should we go per console, possibly? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. They'd be real bad. Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> I mean, so I, I think that Sony would make one where... Uh, wait, no, I'm going to start with Nintendo. Nintendo would make one where um, in order to start the car you had to uh like how should i say this you'd you'd have to update the firmware but you'd have to like completely exit the car first and make sure you're not looking at the car maybe hide it in a garage and make sure no one else is looking at the car and then you can update it and then you can get inside of it and then hit a bunch of yes buttons on it and then you could start the car again wait are uh, you that... saying that about nintendo yeah, yeah. oh okay I mean, but how is that different than the other cars? I mean, I mean, Sony. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, so I think Sony would be a little bit different in their upgrade technique because they would tell you that the car was ready to go, and then you would turn the key, and then you would have to wait an additional hour while it actually installed the update. Right. That it, uh, yeah, Sony, you would get in the car and you and you turn the ignition, and then it wouldn't drive for about a half hour. Yeah, that's right. Um. I think Nintendo's car would be made of the cheapest material possible. I think that's just how they roll when it comes to hardware. The Labomobile. Um, oh, yeah. I think it would be like constantly turning left, uh, like my analog stick. <laughs> well, no, it would function. Uh, you would just die if anyone hit you. <laughs> I do. But, you know, I kind of want to emphasize the constantly turning left thing because I've been trying to play Doom 64 and... Uh, Having your analog stick is pretty vital in an F in an FPS, I think. And um, the fact that my analog stick does not work um, and is constantly turning left sometimes, um, I feel like that would get into the car. Oh, well. so you're saying the cars would uh, instead of uh, Joy-Con drifting, they'd be Tokyo drifting. That's right, they'd be Tokyo hey. drifting. Um, oh, and for Microsoft, they would um, occasionally completely brick the car and they would never be functional again. You'd have to send the car back to Microsoft in order to get a new car, uh, but you would have to pay for a new one. That's a red ring of death joke from. Yeah, from I, I got it back. In mm -hmm. that. Okay. Just That's making good. sure, yeah. but we should talk about what they look like. I think that um, Microsoft's would um, look very f functional kind of. Um, yeah, <laughs> it would, it would be like a, like one of those 80s K cars. It'd be like, all right, well, that's an automobile. I can I can look at that, and I think that's, that's an American car right there. Ford F-150 truck. Yeah, right. And then Sony, what, uh, their car would be, um, like each year they would come out with a drastically different looking model, but it would always have a bunch of like lines and stripes in it. Sony's Vance car would be, a, would be a black Toyota Prius with tinted windows. Uh, stretched in Photoshop to be the exact dimensions of a Cadillac Escalade. Right, <laughs> with with some like hints on the side to make you know that the to let you know that the engineers were thinking about a stealth fighter jet when they made it. They didn't know how to make one, but they were thinking about it. Mm -hmm. I think Nintendo's steering wheel would also allow you to tilt it up and down while you drive. Oh yeah, probably they would sure. just find some. Some way that something that feels good that the other cars don't do, even if it's useless. Um, so it would maybe like accelerate a little bit if you like uh, push up on the uh, on the steering wheel. I mean, you're still accelerating with the gas pedal, but you can get, just get a little bit of a boost if you sort of yeah. lift the steering wheel up. 
Yeah, I bet it feels really good just to put your key in the ignition. There's some nice feedback there. Yeah, probably. And I think that it would it would look more like a a Volkswagen Beetle, not the extra cute old ones, but like the newer ones. Yeah, that are more I mean, streamlined. I was thinking that too. Yeah, like and, a red uh, probably one. a lot of good colors, but all of those good colors immediately sold out and nobody was ever able to buy them somehow. Yeah, I can't get that Zelda car anywhere. No, you, you can't get that the translucent Zelda car. purple car. Yeah, good luck finding the Pikmin car because it's gone. I think the Nintendo car would have a key eject button. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it just rockets the key into space. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and if you if you lick your car key, it tastes terrible. Yeah. Oh, of course. <laughs> yeah. They keep you from swallowing your keys. Or any surface on the car. It's just coated in it. Yeah. <laughs> uh the Microsoft uh, car is backward compatible with um with older Microsoft with diesel. cars. Yeah, diesel. Um biofuel. Yeah. You yep. can play cassettes in the uh tape deck. Yep. Yeah, I mean w- that's one of my favorite places to play cassettes to be to be on. <laughs> sure. Of course. Um I don't know have we reached consensus, consensus on this one? Yeah. I think so. I think we done did it. Okay. Uh, let's go onward to question number three. What are your favorite ways that games have covered up for clearly running out of time or money in development? Oh, that's a good one. I got to percolate on that for a minute there. Hmm. I mean, Uh, I can, my least favorite way is just let's have more battles, uh, in fewer steps like Dragon Quest style. Um, I mean, early Dragon Quest style. A good yeah, one sure. is a good one is uh, Shenmue making a whole other game. What What do you mean? As opposed to like trying to put a story in one game, they just decided oh, right. to ship a second. They split one. it out into three. Well, into like what twenty? What, how many chapters are there? <laughs> I don't know how. I I mean, I wonder how many we'll actually get to. Are there supposed to be twenty? I don't remember exactly. I, I feel like Tim might have, uh, but the, the the there was a story plan. There was something like 20 chapters, and it's like the first game's maybe the first chapter, the second one's like two through four or something. Oh, yeah, right, right. Yeah, yeah, breaking it up like that, I guess that's uh, episodic content in a way before we were kind of calling calling it that. I do feel like it was for production reasons that a lot of that got chopped up, but it could be wrong. I yeah, guess... Yu Suzuki originally said that there's there's going to be like, he said four or five games in the series. So, right. uh, though, I mean, who knows what, what, where that number is now, how many games was Shenmue one? How many games was Shenmue three? Like, I don't know. I think I feel like each one of those games is like Shenmue one is maybe like half a game and Shenmue two is maybe like two thirds of a game. Yeah. Right. Like, I don't know how, when you, they're ever going to get to five or four. Yeah. They're on like chapter 2.4 or something at this point, maybe. Yeah, I think like one or two things have happened in the story. <laughs> so I don't know if this counts exactly because it's it feels more like it was planned than actually a budgetary thing, um, but it might have been. I like how the Yakuza games all take place in the same space, basically. They can they add new rooms and stuff, but the main city is is essentially the same. And yeah, I love asset reuse. It's kind of the best. I think asset reuse is fantastic. There is there is this um, indie game that I unfortunately cannot remember the name of, but um, someone made a uh, a shooting run and gun type game, and it it did okay. Um, and but it did kind of not that amazingly enough that. 
they thought, I'll, I have this other idea. I'm going to reuse all of the, you know, enemy graphics and all of the player character graphics to make like a tower defense kind of thing. And they did. And it sold way better than the first thing. And it pretty much reused all the graphics, but it was a totally new play experience. I feel like that kind of stuff is great. Like, why not do that? I mean, my personal favorite example of this was in the original Mirror, when they had a whole section of the game they just couldn't make, so they turned it into this super moody ambient text adventure that's just right in the middle of this uh, action RPG. Yeah, and that's pretty good. It's it turned out being like one of the most memorable sections of the game. Yeah, I like that kind of stuff. Um, I I feel like there are a lot of situations, especially in Japanese games of I don't know the the first few generations of Japanese video games where they would uh, run up against a situation and cut a bunch of stuff and that cutting would wind up looking like stylization like um, for example the in arcade games they wouldn't have the time to do full animated intros and so they would wind up like sliding graphics across and putting swoopy little sparkles behind them and stuff. And it winds up looking stylish in its own way and being something that people want to mimic now, even though clearly it was done just because, you know, they would have loved to do an anime opening, but they didn't have the money or the time or the whatever budget. Sure. I'm guessing there's quite a few games, um, especially in like the PS2 era is what I'm thinking that uh, maybe level environments were not used in levels and were used in cutscenes instead because they ran out of time to make that level. I don't yeah, have any probably. examples, but I, I I can imagine that happening. Mm-hmm. Um, I can also think of some features that are just in games for no reason because they were maybe part of an older game. The one that comes immediately to mind is uh, in Deadly Premonition, how you can get into dumpsters for absolutely no reason. Oh, yeah. Because at some point it was more about hiding from monsters instead yeah. of fighting them. Yeah, just leave it in there. Why not? Yeah, just there, go in the dumpster. Yeah, there's definitely some of that kind of stuff. I like I see um I see indie devs these days posting their their errors, like things where it's like, "Oops, too many objects on screen. This funny thing happened." And then, you know, you look at that and you're like, "Ah, oh, that looks like such a so much more fun than what you're actually doing." <laughs> <laughs> and I wonder sometimes if um if if things come from that. They they've got to yeah, for we, sure. I guess we had something like that in Gunsport recently where something was generating too many particles and we were like, well, that looks a lot better, so let's just do that. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that's a big part of any game development cycle, just stupid stuff happening and then incorporating it into there. Uh, let's go on to our next question, shall we? Let's do it. Okay, question number four. Which of Sonic the Hedgehog's friends owes him the most money? Oh, heck. Mm. Uh, I just uh, played Shadow the Hedgehog for the first time um, about three days ago. Uh, and um, that Charmy B just strikes me as someone who gets away with it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I don't know. This is my first exposure to Charmy B. I don't know anything about him, to be honest. But uh, he strikes me as someone who borrows money uh, and then forgets that he borrows the money and you can't quite tell if it's like he's doing it on purpose or if he's just that that absent-minded 
Uh, right. Yes. And, and it's like, you, you kind of don't want to ask, you know what I mean? It's like, it's kind of awkward. It's like, well, it's just five bucks. You know, maybe he really needed it. Maybe he actually forgot. And I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to cause a scene or anything in front of our friends. So I, I can see Charmy B being that guy. Yeah, I could see it being Charmy. Charmy in that Sonic Forces game is one of the few friends that's uh, still alive within the fiction uh, <laughs> when the game starts. And um, and even in that context in which there are only like five Sonic friends left alive, he gets mercilessly roasted by, I, I don't know who it was, Silver or somebody who who is like, you're useless and we still keep you around. So I, I think uh, I think I buy it. Dang. Yeah. I think you're thinking about money in terms of money that's been loaned and not repaid and not thinking about money that hasn't been loaned. I'm talking about money of the soul. Oh, no. Okay. Well, who owes that? And I think the whole, you just track it back in time and you look at the whole spiritual philosophical core of Sonic the Hedgehog. You know what it is? You know what Sonic the Hedgehog is? What is Sonic the Hedgehog? Spiritually, the man is a forgiver. Have you ever noticed this? Yes. Knuckles, his sworn villain in Sonic the Hedgehog 3, eventually is forgiven and welcomed into the club. Shadow the Hedgehog welcomed into the club. Knuckles owes Sonic his life. Oh. if, If Sonic were ever to ask... He owes him his life, he owes him his career, he owes him percentages on every dollar he makes over there in wherever it is they are. Yeah, like he Chaotix or whatever, yeah. Knuckles and the, and the Chaotix owe him their careers. So, And if Sonic were ever to fall upon hard times, as he has every time he's ever appeared in a video game, <laughs> Knuckles should... Uh, like uh, Knuckles should pony up the cash and so funds the adventure. Knuckles has that soul debt. Knuckles, Knuckles is going to owe him forever. Does Sonic have a soul debt? I feel like Sonic might have a soul debt to uh, Tails in some way. Yeah, because that's what Tails I was thinking. Is, Tails is always selflessly helping Sonic out, and you know, flying flying the plane, looking for stuff, dropping bombs on things in a Game Gear version all by himself. I I remember getting a copy of Sonic Advance for the Game Boy Advance, and there was a little instruction booklet that came with it. And in the instruction booklet itself, it says Sonic is the third best character in the game, and wow. there are four characters you can play as in the game. And Shoot! It just it, wow. it really upset me. Like what, why what? why would you name this game after the character who's not even in the top? I remember I remember the playable characters. I remember the instruction manual for Super Mario Brothers 2 Mario Madness that showed <laughs> the stats for all the characters oh, uh, right. in terms of 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 what what numerical score they had in each category and Mario was was like middle of the road number 2 in all of them and and everybody else was number 1 at something the genius of Shigeru Miyamoto to balance four characters according to four stats, each one of them being champion of a, or three stats, each one of them being champion of one of them, except Mario, who's champion of none. Quite He's a genius move. Though you look at it, and Mario, Mario's not the best at anything. First of all, as an adult, I can accept that that's why we love him. Uh, 
That's all I've got to say about that. <laughs> That's the straight dope. But as a child, I felt betrayed. Why can't Mario be the best? Right. But <laughs> right? in Sonic games, every one of Sonic's friends is, is as fast as Sonic, but they can mm -hmm. do other stuff on top of that. So True. Sonic is kind of, by default, the worst Sonic character. He's so also the correct way to play the game. And any attempt to add to Sonic's mechanics is... Uh, it's a it's, it's just it's 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 it, it just makes it worse. So in summary, the the friend of Sonic who owes Sonic the most money is Yuji Naka because Yuji Naka sold him out when yeah. he, when he went up river and let Sonic become a 3D game character. Consensus. Fair enough. That's yeah. the straight dope. Consensus. Uh, let's go on to question number five. What are the best first impressions made by a non-player video game character? Oh, yes. An NPC, as they're yes. called. Um, so I have something to say about this one, because there was this, there's this game called Bravo Man for the TurboGrafx. I played this game, and I didn't understand what it was, because I was, I don't know, 11, 12 years old. I had just purchased a TurboGrafx, and Bravo Man was like $5 loose, because nobody wanted it. So I picked it up, and I put this into the, into the system. And, uh, and you know, you boot this thing up and you have no idea what it is. It looks like it's supposed to be some popular superhero from somewhere, but it turns out later he, he wasn't, but he looks like he's supposed to be. It starts the level with him saying, Unago Stano, uh, or something. I mean, later I found out what it actually was and then I forgot, but it doesn't sound like real words. Um, and then as you're going along, you're beating up enemies and, and they're dropping these little, these little weird glyphs that, you don't understand if you're 11 or 12 living in, in America. And then uh, suddenly you hit upon this thing. I, you, I, I punched this thing that looked like a phone booth and it said, hello, I am Japanese telephone box. And I love, wow. I loved that NPC because that NPC brought it all together for me. I was like, Oh, I guess this game, this video game is probably from Japan. Maybe they made this game in Japan. And that was my first thought about games. Where were games made and who made them? They were made by human beings and they could be from places, for example, Japan. Uh, and so that NPC, just by saying, hello, I am Japanese telephone box, just uh, open your eyes to the world. Yeah, basically. And so that's that's my favorite first impression of an NPC. I don't have one, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh come on! That's, that's a pretty good one, though. Uh, and uh, you should you should have been reading the magazines because they were all about uh, covering Japanese stuff at that time. Yeah, I, I I I didn't have any exposure to the outside world. I just <laughs> thought that video games were something that only I engaged with. Like that's pretty much what I thought about it. I'm I'm surprised to hear that uh, Frank got that impression from reading video game magazines. I didn't know he had uh, any experience with that particular uh, <laughs> division of video game culture. Yeah, he's uh, he's he's looked at a magazine before. Tim, you got any any NPC? Well, technically, uh, most of the most of the characters in video games are NPCs. Of course, people use the word NPC to to just kind of mean. Uh, uh, you know, the, the people you walk by on the street, the enemies are NPCs, bosses are NPCs. So the best impression an NPC can make 
in a video game to me is to just shoot me right away. <laughs> just pull a just pull the trigger, fire a gun at me. Um in terms of uh of of of, of actual NPC, traditional NPC interactions, I enjoy the one-line quips heard as you walk by NPCs in Grand Theft Auto games where they'll just say some nonsense. And, oh yeah, uh, I love those. I think those are really good because that gives me an impression of the world as having people in it, not NPCs. If you have never lived, if you're listening to this podcast and you've never lived in a large city, which I assume there there might be a couple people out there, shout us out if you uh, if you have never lived in a large city. If you've never lived in a large city, you might be really surprised by how correct the Grand Theft Auto NPCs saying things really is. In New York City, when it was still legal to walk around outside, I was uh, I was privy to many tiny conversation snippets perfectly reminiscent of a Grand Theft Auto game as I walked the streets of Manhattan. So I love those. I, I recall, I mean, it reminded me of one such uh npc real life conversation snippet that i heard while i was just walking around my neighborhood there was somebody on the phone talking to who knows who and the only part that i heard was and it was your daughter but booty ass <laughs> naked and that, and that, that was all i heard of that conversation and it's like well yeah that is definitely something that sparks the imagination somewhat you want to know what that conversation was about uh even if you don't really want to know, you kind of want to know. And you get some of that in Grand Theft Auto, if I'm, re- if I'm remembering right. You, you, you occasionally hear some lines that you're like, I have no idea what that could be referring to, but I'm interested. Yeah. Uh, I do wish they were, well, this wouldn't work in Grand Theft Auto, but I, I like, I like, I'd like the idea of applying the Grand Theft Auto ambient speaking um, into something like a JRPG, where instead of like, walking up to people and going like, gee, the weather's been weird lately. Like I'd, I'd rather just kind of hear that in the background as color, as opposed to opting into it. Final like, Fantasy yeah. seven remake does that. All right. So it sure I, does. I, yeah. it sure so does. I heard the ice wand is to the North in the caves of madness. Yeah. But what if I just kind of overheard that instead of right. like walking I, I, up to someone and going, Hey, what's up? And then they respond with that. Yep, has has anyone here it. played red dead redemption too? Or am I yes. the only one yeah. you played it, Frank? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Red Dead Redemption 2 has really really good NPC banter. Like uh especially when you act when you make a mistake. Um uh like I accidentally stepped on a guy with my horse while hitching my horse. It's in one of my videos. <laughs> Dang it. It's Sorry, real good. No, no plugging I, I was your ready videos. for that anecdote. <laughs> uh but instead we're going to take a break. We'll be right back after a short recess. Uh to let you guys know, editor producer Blaine Brown used every word of what you guys said during the toilet break in our first episode back. Really? Snake, are you okay? Snake? Snake? Hickfire! Welcome back (laughs) to Insert Credit. Now I've done seen everything. (laughs) Question number six. If you were forced to shout the name of a video game every time you got hurt, which Ooh. one would it be? Bane. <laughs> oh, I, w- I would shout truck hack because that's what it's designed for. It's designed to be yelled in public places. 
that's there's where that name came pain, from. Right? Like, there's a game called Pain. There's got to be a game called Pain. Yeah, but who shouts Pain? Me? Max when I'm hurt? Pain! Oh, yeah, it could be Max Payne, yeah. <laughs> Max Payne! Max Payne! People oh my be God, like, wow, I played Max really I hurt. Played, I played Max Payne 1 and 240 FPS the other day, dude. <laughs> it's wow. real good. <laughs> it's real good. I, I'm trying I to think of something. I've never been so ahead. nauseous in my life. Um, I'm going to scream every time I get hurt um, as loud and fast as I can. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm going to scream... Uh, Peter Jackson's King Kong, the official game, <laughs> the of, the official game of the movie. <laughs> yeah, that's Peter Jackson's King Kong, the official game of the movie. The movie, the game. No, you know what would actually sound good to yell when you got hurt? Just to get ready for this, to just yell, Alan, wake! <laughs> that's pretty doesn't, good. Doesn't that actually sound like an old-timey momish curse word? Yeah, it yes. sounds like a, like a Midwestern anti-swear. Yeah, that sounds like a substitute for Alan. like a Jeebus Alan Crow. Wake. Yeah, I guess I'm just thinking of a, of a, of a, of an evil person contemptibly speaking someone's three syllable name with right. a K in it, which is you get a, if you get a K and a long vowel sound in a single syllable name, solid god darn gold, man. Uh, I mean, it's, it's Max not that, Payne. Yeah, Max Payne's a good one. Yeah, Max Payne. Alan what about, Wake. What about Knack? I thought about Knack. I also thought about Mist. Um. Mist kind of, uh, but I guess mist is a little softer, but I, I don't exclaim that loud, so it feels like it might be a problem. If you mist- want to sub- subvert the question a little bit here, what would be your favorite game name to yell while hurting someone? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I think Doom would be good. Man, right? I was just looking at Dune for the Sega CD, so Ooh. I guess we're on the same page there. Well, I, 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 I prefer I, Dune 2, the battle for Arrakis. I, nice. I have another getting hurt one that sounds like a curse, which is cooking mama. Oh, that's good. <laughs> oh, that's good. Cooking mama, that's good. Yeah. Did I like my histrionic good. fake laughter? Did that sound convincing? I liked it. It, I it did. Convinced. I was convinced. I, I was sure to lean my head really far back from the microphone when I did it. Thank Don't you. Don't worry. Thank you. Otherwise, it would have killed everyone. How many degrees did you lean your head back exactly? What's the was, ideal head back I think it was back for about 50, fake 55 laugh. degrees. 55. Okay. About 55. That's yeah. a good note for fake head throwing back <laughs> laughter. For those of you who want to play along at home. Age of mythology. I think in another, <laughs> good. Uh, it's in a similar vein, but bust a yeah. move is pretty good. Bust a yeah. move. Uh, bust. Move. Or maybe space bust a move. I don't know. <laughs> bust a groove as well. Yeah. I like I that one you, better for hurting someone, I think. I really think, you know, say what you will about the dialogue in the Max Payne games. Uh, first of all, it's solid gold, is what I will say. Uh, though, as I mean, the names of the games, pretty good. Max Payne, Alan Wake, Guy Knows His Writing. Uh, you know, I, do an an- I, those... I got a quick anecdote about the, 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 Alan, the, the, the Payne Go dialogue. <laughs> Let, let's hear it. <laughs> Which is that... Uh, uh, one of the my first game reviews was Max Payne for the Game Boy Advance, um, and I delivered Ooh. a review in his voice. Uh, which, oh, that's good. Which they did not understand. His master's voice. Oh, that's so excellent. some copy editor basically rewrote my review in Alan Wake's voice as if I was being sincere, and that's just oh, how no. I write. So. Oh yeah, that's good. Yeah. Wait, you mean Max Payne's voice? Max Payne. Not- what did I say? 
Max Payne. He said Alan Wake. Same, ah, same guy. I don't know. You know, Kane I am... and Lynch. <laughs> Kane and Lynch. Kane and Lynch is another one. Yeah. Uh, that that's kind of a real. I wish there was just a game called Heckfire. <laughs> Heckfire. <laughs> yeah, we accidentally, we accidentally right? said it on the best one. Yeah. yeah well, that's... that would be. We need to. I'm going to make a game called Heckfire. Shout me out uh, in the chat. I'm, we're not on the stream right now. Um, shout, <laughs> shout me out in the chat. I'm going to say that anyway. If Tim, you, you want got that to, uh, gamer juice in your blood if now. If you want to, uh, I'm drinking Coca-Cola Zero over here, so it's got me hyped. It actually does not really have that much. Uh, Right. Write your uh, pitches for the, the video. Chat if you would write, like to help me make a game called Heck Fire right now. Write, so that, write your Heck Fire pitches into show it insertcredit.com. Oh, I don't need a pitch. I have a I, I have an idea off the top of my head that would work. It's just a dumb game. Let me know if you want to make it. Yes, but we're also going to incorporate every single idea that gets sent into our uh email invoice I- inbox. <laughs> Nobody's ideas as good as mine when it comes to Heck Fire. Okay, I'll take <laughs> your word okay. for it. <laughs> Now I've seen everything. <laughs> now I've done, done seen everything. That's how right. he says it. In the, in... Question number seven. <laughs> oh, let's hear it. What is gaming's most iconic romance? Oh. Uh, Sonic and that human lady. <laughs> yeah. Of course. Sonic that's and Amy one. Rose. Mm. No, no, that's that human true. lady, that's the one. Yeah, they the kiss. Human, I, don't, the I, don't, I, don't, I don't think Sonic and Amy have ever the, kissed. The weird human lady who... Yeah. Princess or whatever. I don't Who know. he's the same size as somehow, almost. She looks like a Dreamcast character, but she's on Xbox 360. Yeah, and she. Can, I was like, thinking like, I was thinking like Nintendo and making you pay for the same game eight times. Oh, yeah. I mean Nintendo and humans uh, and Nintendo fans. Am I right? Is how oh, you that's would a love hate relationship. What they got there? Uh, you know, Slippy Toad and his wife seem to really be. You know, they they got something good going. Slippy yeah. Toad. Yeah, they seem like a really happy married couple. Like when you see like an older married couple who are like kind of ugly, but they're really happy. That's well, I, don't know. I didn't ask nice. who the happiest couple was. The most, most iconic. iconic one. Ah, uh, yeah. The ones who me. I mean, I remembered it. I thought about it. So obviously it's iconic for me. <laughs> the ones there who make go. the most memes together is what you're saying. That's probably sure. uh, Princess Peach and anybody else. Clearly, this is in reference to my semi-viral tweet, uh, which consists of the words "gaming's most iconic romance," uh, and uh, it shows Aerith being being chewed on by a massive, like toddler-sized mealworm, and Cloud <laughs> slowly approaching her with a nail bat poised <laughs> like like a like a god darn kung fu staff, which he then. She slowly walks toward her, and then a home run blasts it off of her face. Uh, clearly, it's in reference to that. Uh, yeah. Did you know that you cannot crush Aerith with um with any of the cargo containers in that game? You also cannot crush her with the giant arm that is there, and you cannot abandon her to die when she's hanging on the edge of that uh, rooftop thing. Oh, that's just sick that you would recognize that. It's just, it's, uh, I, I'm real tired, real tired of interacting with her. (laughs) I mean, I don't know, man. That's, uh, that sounds like something you might want to talk to somebody about. I've never wanted to, uh, because she's the best. I'm never in the maverick style of, of gameplay, but I'm, I'm real tired of that character. I, I don't want to, I don't want her to get murdered, but once I accidentally, uh, thonked a, uh, 
one of those cargo containers onto her head and she was like cloud then i <laughs> was like well what else can i try to do and that's it kind of evolved from there yeah i think they just kind of won't let you do that stuff for a couple of pretty decent reasons i think yeah it turns out they want her to be around for the plot um such as it is owned yeah if you don't want Aerith to get murdered, I have some uncomfortable news for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, well, I, clearly none of you have played Final Fantasy VII Remake <laughs> all the way through, so you clearly don't know what you're talking about. Oh, you can bring her back in this one. You got you to you play the whole thing. You got you to gotta play the whole thing. We'll see. I, Frank, I'm do sure you know this... the spoiler of, of Final Fantasy VII Remake? I do not know the spoiler. And oh, nobody, knows, nobody knows the big spoiler. Yeah. Well, everybody stay tuned to uh, my, my upcoming brand new YouTube channel, which will launch with a 97-minute feature-length review of Final Fantasy VII Remake, in which I will discuss the ending for about right. 10 minutes. I'm pretty sure I do know the spoiler because of fan art, but uh, I'm not 100% on that one. I don't, I don't, I don't know about no fan art. Link me to the fan art, and I can then give you a thumbs up or thumbs down on whether you know the spoiler. Or is there a platinum chocobo in this one? If you really want to know (laughs) if you know the spoiler or not, I can tell you if it's not the spoiler. I'll find out. Um, But are there more iconic romances than... uh, I I think there's... No, I think that's it. I think there's I think not that's really the one. too many romances I'm just gonna say that, that I, I mean, interesting may, at all. Maybe I'm not I, playing the right kinds of games, but I've, n- I've never felt romantic in a game. Have you ever had a, had a manipulated your character into having interfor- intercourse, intercourse, intercourse with a, uh, one of the many surreally, insipidly uninteresting fictional individuals in like a Bioware game? Oh, I have. I, I, I did that in, um, in what's, what's that one? Dragon Age. I because played Dragon Age, and I, I, I think I relationshiped three different people, including the the bisexual elf or whoever he was. I think oh, I uh, killed that elf right away. I didn't trust him. Just <laughs> surreally uninteresting fictional individuals in all of those Bioware games. The closest yeah. I've come no to that. to them. The closest I've come is that in Chuck Rock, there's a move where he kind of does an air hump, and uh, I humped a tree for a second. <laughs> that's gaming's most psychotic there's, romance. There's a part in Final Fantasy VII Remake where you get a hand massage from a lady, and it's supposed to be funny, but it's really hot. It's, like, way hotter than any Bioware sex scene. And that's gaming's most iconic romance, as far as I'm concerned. Does it still have the joke where it's like, uh-oh, you're getting massaged by men, now you're gay? Well, if you watch my my video series about the original Japanese script of Final Fantasy VII, you'll see that 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 scene was actually just kind of about dudes longing for their youth. Not it actually was not very gay at all. Got it. Uh, all right, let's move on, shall we? Sure. <laughs> yeah. Why not? Okay. <laughs> why? I got bad not? news. Uh, my bad news is you got to go outside for some reason. Oh. The good news uh, is you can wear a face mask designed by any video game artist of your choice. Oh, do you oh, pick? Baby. oh baby. I'm Ooh. going Tetsuya Nomura. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's the obvious choice. Yeah. He loves it. First Tetsuya one I Nomura's thought of. pretty good at designing streetwear. I, I wouldn't disagree. want those zippers near my lips. I would be afraid of getting them caught. No, they'd be on the outside. Zippers. They'd be on the outside to slip in the reusable filter. That goes yeah. inside. Ah, of the there might function. be some on the inside. There'd be there'd be god darn function on the god darn thing. Yeah. Well, what if you accidentally put it on inside out? That's on you. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I I usually tend to look at a thing before I mess with it. Yeah. Weird. What? 
Um, That's just me, though. I don't know. This feels I, like consensus to me. No, I mean, I, I wouldn't actually wear Nomura's. Uh, I think I would like for it to be, I don't know, maybe that Kaneko person who does all those personas. I feel like he would make some kind of a subdued one that just has like a nice, it'd be, it'd be black, but it would have like a nice little stitching around it or something. Um, I think that would be, I don't it would know be, it them. would be tasteful. Nice. I would like a tasteful stitching. one. I feel, I don't know about tasteful and persona. Persona's a, did you, you, you played persona five. That's the one you say you don't like, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, that's right. Did you, did you notice the thing when persona five came out? Uh, I'm hijacking the question here. Did you notice, uh, the the loud voluminous outspokenness of individuals on social media platforms such as Twitter about how gorgeous the UI was. Oh yeah, and, uh, and the UI looks like a god darn ransom note written by someone who got fired like eight times from Hot Topic. But you know, I think that that was actually a really important <laughs> moment for me because it showed me the degree to which if you just make stuff move around on the screen if you yeah. make it look like literally anything other than just a list you just tilt it'll it a little blow bit people's yeah. minds it'll yeah. blow their minds even if it's functionally just a list if it if it like has some tweens and yeah. some animations to mm-hmm. it people will be like holy geez that so is the most amazing they say the secret of success 99 percent of success is showing up right yeah 99 percent of impressing people with graphic design is doing it loud Yep. Is, well, is a, no offense to any loud graphic designers in the audience. I'm just saying, man. It works, it functions, and it supports an elegant battle system that people might not have ever experienced anything quite that elegant and meticulous. So, so a Persona 5 mask would be like a regular mask, but in italics. Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> That's right. I mean, I think Kaneko, his, his designs have gotten more... Uh, kind of floppy in in the last years but in oh the, i don't in want a past, floppy mask that doesn't sound safe but yes. i'm i'm i think he could revert to his i don't know persona three or persona two times oh well, persona two is a different artist um, um what is that i'm well, thinking i'm thinking uh i i would i would wear a mask that looks like uh uh, Mega Man x has a i'm just thinking characters who have face masks yeah. Mega Man x gets the uh or x in Rockman <laughs> x has that little ninja faceplate. Um, oh, yeah. Strider Hiryu has the red scarf, which I, like I think scarf is one. probably the best. I wonder what, it's probably made of some sort of tactical silk, so it's probably yeah. good for, it's probably got high breathability, but also filters out the microbes of the, of the, of the polluted future hexscape. And then there's also Aiden Pierce from the game Watch Dogs pulls up a little bandana with a dumb uh, Watch Dogs like, hacker logo on it in front of his face right before he enters a hacking zone uh, where he's going to go hack could, people. I wonder if I could get Cormano's pink kerchief from Sunset Riders. I'd probably like that one. That's a good one. Yeah. You know, because, uh, I mean, I got this virus, right? So, uh, Still? Yeah. Um, well, we can go into that in more detail later, but uh, I do. Uh, my, my lungs still hurt. I'm pretty sure the virus is gone, but I've got, a, I've got lung damage. It takes about six months to recover from pneumonia, uh, and I did. I don't know if I had pneumonia, but uh, I had I had some respiratory problems. I got a lingering uh, post viral inflammation, is what the doctor on the phone told me. Uh, it sucks, man. The goddamn virus sucks. I don't want to joke about the virus. 
Though apparently, uh, it's impossible in New York to get any medical supplies whatsoever. So I've Googled enough to know that, yes, putting like a scarf around your face. You know, scarves are generally breathable. That's uh, one of the one of the qualities that skyrocketed the Burberry company to uh, to international acclaim way back when was the breathability of their of the cashmere that they processed. So I've Googled enough to know that scarves are almost as good as the approved masks to within a margin of error that uh, if you're desperate and it's in, and that's that's all you have, you're okay. So I like Strider Hughes scarf. And I like the the pink bandana from Sunset Riders as well. Those are good. Those are all good. Right. They're yeah, all it's... they're all approved if if it's an emergency, which it sounds yeah. like according to this nothing. question it is. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you gotta go outside. Yeah, I think it's probably. Uh... Oh, but then again, Ryu from Ninja Gaiden's got that really iron, like the Ninja Gaiden black, that really like ironclad face cover. Basically, yeah. ninjas are just uh, the norm now, if you go outside. That's Remember right. Ninjas and cyber goths. Yeah. yeah didn't didn't Raiden have a mask at some point? Or was that just cybernetic stuff? Raiden. Metal Gear Solid Raiden. <laughs> yeah. I know. Oh, no. Raiden just had one of those hats. <laughs> oh. Sub-Zero. Scorpion's yeah. got that oh, bone mask. Yeah. Yeah. A hat it's, is like a mask for the top of your head. It's a ninja ninja world out there now. Ninja eat ninja world. So get out there with your scorpion bone face plate. Bro. Scream sound effect. Scream sound effect. It's not working for me. So oh, that's, oh, good. Heck. that's good. There we go. Here's our next question. Kill me, bro. I won't do that, but I will ask you a question. Oh. My favorite complaint I've heard about the Witcher series on Netflix oh, is excellent. that Henry Cavill is too handsome to play Geralt. Oh, excellent. I know much Who should have played this. him instead? Uh, Steve Buscemi. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Steve Buscemi's not ugly. He's a good-looking guy. Did y'all own, see that, in his own that way. viral tweet about uh, how uh, someone was saying, like, it's great how Hollywood had to come up with the word character actor to uh, distinguish between hot people and people that could act. <laughs> <laughs> okay, a character actor is a thing, okay? No, uh, it is, of course, yeah, according that was to, a good joke. That's what I want to say to that viral tweet. Is it's, yeah. it's, it's an, it is an actual thing. There can be hot character actors. Oh, we can pause the show if you want to go reply. So, Jaffe, does this person have to be alive right now, or can it be like Harry Dean Stanton? HDS. Or, I mean, it shouldn't be Harry Dean Stanton, but I'm just saying. Do they have um, to be alive? I, I mean, we're all in hypothetical land right now. Henry Cavill is already the Witcher, so go nuts, bro. Mission Impossible okay. Fallout was one of the best films of all time, in which then uh, it starred Henry Cavill with the mustache that of all those memes about Superman. Um, uh, so I think Tom Cruise should have been... <laughs> Tom, Tom Cruise could have been the Witcher. He's a smaller guy, but with the camera, you can make him look the same size as Henry Cavill. And uh, that's all I got. So my answer to pretty much every question of who should play anything is Christopher Lambert, but especially for this, yeah. I think... He's already done the white hair thing. He's already done yeah. the white hair, swinging a thing around, be, talking in a funny accent, being a weird man. I think Geralt was modeled after him. Must have been. So, Dude, that's Christopher possible, Lambert. yeah. I'm looking is, at a uh, picture of Christopher Lambert right now, and it's close. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's a... He's a real good candidate, and he's he's also like you know he's not he's not conventionally handsome. He's like if you look at him too close or not close enough, 
you'll go one way or the other with his handsomeness. And I feel like that's the right spot. So I just want to say that I got in, uh, I got in some Twitter hot water with uh, uh, some Henry Cavill fan community because I said something about him. Uh, I, I, I responded to a tweet where someone said he was too hot to be uh, Geralt. And uh, I was like, well, yeah, I mean, sort of, but I think it works because the series takes place in the early stages of the books before he has accumulated all of his scars and become a grosser-looking guy. And then people are like, no, he's always hot. I got like a million replies from these people who were like, like basically their Twitter bio was like, love the Witcher, love Henry Cavill. And their entire Twitter feed was was animated GIFs of of Henry Cavill reloading his arms in Mission Impossible 6 or stuff from Yennefer and, and Geralt from The Witcher 3 or whatever. It's very strange uh, uh, intersection of fandoms, which apparently Henry Cavill's a huge Witcher game and book fan which is why he ended up playing the role which is totally bonkers to think about um not really because he's a human humans play video games whatever uh, they do all it, kinds of stuff it just it, like people who are witcher fans were like yeah. mind Name three humans who play video games oh there's, plenty there's four of right here heck i mean i, I guess i don't know if i'm a human anyway so people were like oh he's not really supposed to be that hot and or he's he's not or he is hot why do all these sorceresses like him and i'm like and I, I replied to one of them is like, uh, I don't know, I'm a, I, I, I feel like I have a little tiny bit of understanding for people with weird tastes. Uh, like, uh, there's there's plenty of sorceresses who like Geralt in the Witcher books, but it's only sorceresses. It's not normal women. Only sorceresses who are thousands of years old have the correct sensibilities to appreciate the way he looks. And I think in that aspect, somebody like Christopher Lambert does fit. Yeah. Maybe oh. it's that they're attracted to men their age, but there are no men their age, so well, they just well, have to make Geralt do with whoever is not really their it. age. He's a he's a weird guy who uh, has lived a weird life and done a lot of weird stuff, and he looks sort of weird, right? But he's also like big and strong, so he's a big and strong guy who's just sort of weird looking, and he's described dozens of times in the books as a. Uh, having like a hideous smile but he's somewhat handsome if he's not smiling but when he smiles he looks uh, he looks evil and scary that's the uh that's so i think christopher lambert pretty close uh yeah i think he's going to slide in a couple in his wikipedia photo i Does love he... it yeah yeah, yeah. It's great i'm i'm going to slide in a couple christopher lambert film recommendations for for you uh listeners out there Number one recommendation is the movie Nirvana from 1997, I believe, maybe 96. That is a super good, ultra bizarre movie, which he elevates into art with his bizarre way of acting and talking. Um, it's it, Everybody in that movie is speaking a different language, and you'll enjoy it. Also, his rendition of Beowulf is is very stupid and oh, good, yeah, I know and that I one. recommend it. That's a pretty good one. Um, I guess those are those are my top two, like, not not what you would expect Christopher Lambert I think Highlander 2 era I love that one Christopher Lambert uh would be as he appears in Highlander 2 with a few yeah. costume tweaks that would be uh your your the ideal, ideal Geralt Yeah that would yep. be the ideal cuz he he is he's got the right level of weird but having watched that Witcher show I think Henry Cavill owns it pretty good and okay. he does he does a good weird accent in the show too 
So, and Geralt, Geralt is supposed to have a weird accent. So, okay. Yeah. Last question. Question number 10 before we get into the lightning round. Number 10. What's the longest period you spent exclusively playing one video game? Not like a session where you just sit and play that game in a row, but like a period in your life where you were playing one video game and no other games. Well, this is a question that I am uh, perhaps I should recuse myself from given the line of work I have taken upon myself where I just spent like uh, like three weeks playing the Final Fantasy VII remake all the way through 4.8 times. And, Maybe uh, do a caveat, caveat and, uh, and uh, have it be prior to optional, that experience. Yeah, optional not work-related. Well, um, I did play about 300 hours of Dragon Quest Eleven, um, back when I had just started at Kotaku.com back in 2017, summer of 2017, and I told them I wanted to do a video review of it, and they said no because the game wasn't available in English, and they didn't want to do a review of a game that wasn't available in English. And then I ended up playing it for 300 hours anyway. That counts. I'm having, I'm having a hard time thinking of which game it is, because there, there's a lot that I've been doing that with recently. Like, I, I started playing through Grandia again, and it was taking me an extra long time because I was, uh, you know, my my reading Japanese is is nowhere near my spoken Japanese, which is nowhere near a level of fluency, if, if, you, uh, if you get the progression there. And so... I was, you know, I would make a lot less progress when I needed to read what people were saying because I was, you know, writing kanji down in my in my little phone to try to figure out what these people were talking about. So it might have been might have been Grandia a couple of years or maybe one year ago when I was just playing that for about two months and and taking it real slow. You played two months nothing is probably in between sessions, though. What did you say? You played absolutely nothing else in between in between sessions of playing that game, though, because that was a question. I right. mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't take, it depends on if we're counting like a phone game that I mess around with. If we count nah. that, then, then, then that's, that's New York times crosswords. It's different. Yeah. 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 So I think maybe it was only a month of straight doing that, but yeah, I was really trying to only play Grandia for quite a while because I was actually getting back into it. So yeah, it might be Grandia for a month. Uh, Something like that. I think I know mine. So for most of my life, my game playing habit uh, had been, and I'm, I'm, I'm a little better at this now, is, is, has, has been just like playing about three games a year. Uh, just a single player game, and I play it until I'm done, and then I just kind of didn't play games for a while. Um, that's not as true anymore, but um, during that time, I did pick up... Um, the original Oendan on on the DS. Oh yeah, you played that a bunch. I did play that a lot, and it's not because it was like I just kind of sat down and played it. It it just became, uh, and this is kind of before smartphones. You know what I mean? Like that that game became the thing I just picked up and fiddled with sometimes. And yeah. I'm pretty sure there was a span of about three or four months where technically that was the only game I played. Um, interesting so that that has to be my answer I, because I never played an MMO or anything like that you know I never played anything that actually demanded all of my time I never got into multiplayer games that you know I, I never got into like kind of like coming home and, and, and playing a map or whatever so I, I think that's got to be mine Frank I remember that you were 
there were people like you, you were sort of casually mentioning that you had gotten, well, it wasn't that casual, but you had gotten really good at Oendon yeah. and uh, could probably beat anybody at it. And and a bunch of people were coming around GDC time or something being like, there's no way you're better than me at this. Um, but uh, I do, I do remember viewing some of those ses- sessions. I, I, I crushed Lee Alexander is all I remember. You definitely crushed Lee. <laughs> uh, you crushed a couple other people. As well, I think um, I think Persona might have been pretty good at it, um, Jonathan Kim. But I think you won against everybody. I broke the score. Oh right, that's right. <laughs> you can do that. Anyway, that's my answer. Yeah, for me it was Mountain Blade Warband. I played that for a long time and nothing else, and I never got good at it. But it was fun. I still don't really know what that game is. I've never bothered to f- fully look it up. I don't I really know what that game is. Play it and don't really know what it is. Yeah, there ain't no point to the game. Yeah, there's a just like braid. There's a exactly. <laughs> there's a there's a lot of people who. Well, I mean, there's there's an interesting phenomenon that I have I have uh, I have noted, where there's a lot of people who have a favorite game that they never get good at and they almost never win at, and they still love it. Games like uh, this defines a lot of these uh, popular online games. There's people who just lose most of the time. There's a lot of people who. Most people lose most of the time at Fortnite. That's why there are so many streamers that are very good at the game. It's because this, the, the simple truth is most people lose most of the time. And those people might play only Fortnite. That Fortnite might be video games for them. I think the actual, like, the, the actual no caveats answer for me might be Final Fantasy 3 for the Super Nintendo before we knew it was called Final Fantasy VI. Well, I mean, I knew back then. Uh, I <laughs> you was, read EGM, uh, I was, you read the magazines. Yeah, I was reading them magazines. I, ha- I have them magazines that you read, because I bought oh, them from you. The exact did ones, you, yeah. yeah. Did you play it from start to end each time, or did you keep restarting after you hit like the 25% mark, like I did? Um, I, I kept, uh, I beat it a bunch of times, and then I, I 100%ed it. I 99-hour, 59-minuted it. I... I <laughs> Oh, and yeah. that's all 10 of our questions, which means it's time for our lightning round. Oh, uh, whoever yeah. wins this lightning round by my extremely arbitrary metrics will get to choose the first question of our next episode. This game is called Boss Rush to Hell. You are a demon in hell uh-huh. tasked with coming up with ironic punishments for the damned. Uh-huh. I'm going to name a video game villain and you tell me what ironic punishment you have in store for them. Oh, all right. Your first villain is Captain LeChuck from the Monkey Island games. Oh, that god darn guy. Okay, let's see. Uh, so he, his main motivation in the original game is his love for the governor. Uh, so what's an I and th- and that's what that's kind of what makes him an en- the enemy of the people, right? So what isn't the ironic? I don't know. He has to be married to a demon. <laughs> I think you should make him read a bunch of, like, uh, 1920s joke booklets. Uh, he's just stuck in a library with the insatiable urge to read, and instead he has to read a bunch of really bad, like, dad joke books for thousands of years. How is that ironic? If he loves the governor, shouldn't it be like a court filibuster thing where he, he, he can't see the governor because of... 
a filibuster where he can't see the gun. Oh, oh my God! That's actually why filibusters <laughs> were invented. The, uh, the, the <laughs> to stay away from your wives. Yeah, the, go- the governor blocking filibuster. <laughs> All right, he's a, he's in an eternal filibuster. Okay. Yeah. Uh, your next villain is Revolver Ocelot. Oh. Uh, he he can't turn. Ar- he he can't um he can't move anymore. He can no longer revolve. Okay. He, he, he has to become he, a static ocelot. He has he no. Well, he loves revolving so much that now he has he has horse blinders on, so he uh, has yeah, to revolve go. in order to see in everything. And he now realizes how much of a pain it is. I think I think he's in revol- a shooting contest, but the the aiming is just slightly off. Yeah, he has oh. an actual Wild West gun instead of a yeah a one that was made for him probably by some artisanal. Because he's all about act- the control, right? And so the, the 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 punishment for him would be a lack of control, especially with the gun. So Frank, you're saying his revolver is off a lot? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Brandon is in the lead right now. <laughs> his his revolver is uh it's off by about like a degree, a half a degree, and that just causes his aim to miss. Yeah. Our next villain is Andros from Star Fox. Oh my God, he's got it. He's buried in a big old bathtub full of Doritos. <laughs> I was gonna say he's trapped in a bubble. He's drowning yeah. now. Oh my Full god! Of Doritos, <laughs> Doritos, because he's got all, got all the triangles. Oh yeah, uh, M Bison. Uh, he has to change his name to Balrog. Yeah, <laughs> that's not that number big of a one. Punishment. I don't know. He's got. No, it's not well, basically, his his punishment. My my joke was gonna be his punishment is Gandalf. Uh, uh, tells him he can't pass and shatters a bridge. And then he has to fall for thousands of years. Into <laughs> oh, I get that. Nice. Yeah, that, that's a joke. All right. Yeah, I, got, I got another one here, which is that it's, for him, it's always Tuesday. That's that's a movie reference. Yeah, I got that. But it's one, a particularly too. bad uh, Dr. Tuesday. Wiley. Dr. Wowie, you mean? <laughs> Dr. Yeah. Dr. Wowie. Oh, Dr. Wowie. Oh, okay. Um, uh, he can no longer order items from the uh, Acme Supply Co., and then he can't harass Mega Man anymore. Well, here's what I got: he uh, he makes robots, uh, but they're all uh, they're all women. Ooh, oh. he, he loves Mega Man. Oh. I was gonna, I was gonna say Every that he... everything's fine except he like his the screws strip all the time when he's trying to assemble his robot. <laughs> oh, that would be maddening. Yeah, he's yeah, talking that... about sexy screws. Yeah, yeah, that, that's a point for Frank. Or Carmen how about- San Diego? Okay, Carmen San Diego. Well, first of all, she loves knowing where she is. <laughs> yeah, and she loves when nobody. It would just be like she's just sitting in a chair. Well, she uh, gets dementia. She's she's no, she's sitting in a folding chair. She's handcuffed, and she's in the middle of whatever the biggest soccer stadium in the world is, and there's just hundreds of thousands of people just staring at oh, her. Everybody's and, looking at her, yeah. And they know exactly where she is. Well, see, I was thinking, like, I'm wondering if that's more ironic than what I had in mind, which is that she's free to go, but there's just drones looking at her all the time, no matter where oh, she yeah. is. Uh, uh, it's a real surveillance state situation. Yeah, but uh, only next villain is Mother Brain. Oh, no. Oh, no. All Mother Brain's children grew up to be jocks, and she just does, she just can't relate to them anymore. Well, I think I think for her, her existence is uh, already kind of yeah, ironic. that's already hell. So so like uh, because she ha- like she would basically in heck she would just have to hang out with the with King Hippo all day. Right. And uh, I was waiting for that in, uh, that uh, 
Captain N reference. King Hippo is just such an exhausting person for her to be around because he never does the job. He the makes way she the wants eggplant wizard look okay. <laughs> yeah, an, an eggplant wizard would be there too, and they would just be letting her down constantly in in <laughs> daily tasks. Then it'd be uh, just like she'd never left. Wesker of Resident Evil. Ooh, Wesker. Hmm. It's just raining all the time. Yeah. Wesker rules. <laughs> Wesker. Let's see. It, it would probably be like it's really dark, so he can't see with his sunglasses, and he has to take his sunglasses on uh, off rather, and uh, and he can't get hold of any um, any any T virus, so he can't get all swole. Uh, I, I don't know. I think it would just be a series of minor inconveniences that would build up and infuriate him over time. But that's it's not that's not very striking now that I say no, it out loud. It, it, I, I'm I'm striking that one from the record. Yeah. Anyone have Give, a better one for Wesker? Given his ability to wear sunglasses, which is a sign that a person is chill, uh, he's wearing the sunglasses amidst horrible surroundings and terrible occurrences. I think he must be most comfortable in a in in a chaotic environment so it would just be he would be somewhere real just boring forever I he, guess him for him not having an antagonist is, yeah. is a but it's not exactly ironic He's, this is a tough one yeah Wesker. let's move on we're defaulting okay. Dracula right. oh dr- oh D-Rack Dracula hmm that goddamn guy yeah uh, Which one? Ironic for him. He, he's got so many distinctive traits that uh, I'm almost, I'm flooded. Well, I mean, you're um, spoiled for choice here. Yeah. I mean, he's got I three mean, transformations. He, he throws wine. Yes. Right. What a miserable he, he, pile of secrets and such. He hates lies. Yeah. Yeah. You were, I was summoned here by to pay you tribute, etc. Yeah. Right. We know the quote. There's a game yeah. where he what wears. If, what if he has to? Uh, what if he has to work for Alucard, doing menial <laughs> tasks? Like Alucard, basically the roles get reversed, and uh, and you know in order in order to maintain his existence, Dracula has to to work for Alucard, like like stalking <laughs> the skeletons with bones and uh, making sure that the the skeleton bartenders have enough. You know, liquors to to throw down the end of the bar. Just yeah, doing cooking really all the chicken stuff. to put in the walls. Cooking the wall chicken. Love cooking uh, pl- a chicken. Carefully, lovingly placing all of the the crosses and holy waters, even though it burns him to do so. Yeah, that's a little nuts. I mean, I think... and our last villain is Sephiroth of Final Fantasy VII. Oh, that god darn guy. Well, you'd have to get a haircut. That's yeah. it. That's it. He would know. Uh, Frank is our winner. Congratulations, <laughs> Frank. This has been episode 131 of Insert Credit. A thing we used to do, and I kind of want to bring back because you just reminded me of it a few questions ago, Brandon, is at the end of the show, we'd recommend some stuff for people to do that weren't necessarily about video games. We got some uh, movies from you uh, about Christopher Lam- uh, starring Christopher Lambert. Uh, Frank and Tim, do you have anything that our listeners should try to check out this week? Mm. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a no. No. I think you okay. should. Uh, I think you should try uh. to live your life as if uh, as if there's no tomorrow. That's what I'm going to go with. There isn't. I have I have a an album recommendation, which is uh, Ryukyu Rare Groove Shima Uta Pops in 60s to 70s. It is a 
bunch of Japanese pop rock music from uh-huh. the Ryukyu Islands. So it's got a real island swing to it while also having rock music guitars from the 60s and 70s. It's pretty fun. That if you sounds can get good. Hold of it. Send I mean, that to me after the show. Anything well, that feels I've got like a an recommendation. Island. My recommendation is that if you like the show, you should support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash insert credit. Uh, you'll get episodes a day early and you'll uh, be able to finance an actual microphone for me so I don't sound terrible. Uh, you can give us mm. a rating on whatever platform you use to get podcasts. That helps a lot. You could follow insert credit on Twitter for account updates, or uh, you could join the insert credit forums at forum.insertcredit.com because Brandon is lonely. Lonely. Uh, also, it's forums plural, just to forums with an S, not a Z. Yeah. That's not even the. That's not even a real word, which makes it more fun. Yeah, it yes. should be fora, shouldn't it? Yeah, it should be fora. Though that's that would be considered pretentious by that's people right. who hate. I'm of the common people, yeah. right? Fora.insertcredit.com will take you to. Uh, where will that take you to? Well, we're going to have to figure that out after this episode. Someday. I suppose so. Uh, we'll get to that conversation right away. Until then, I'm Alex Jaffe. Mm-hmm. I'm Tim I'm Rogers. I win. Oops. I'm Frank I win. Okay, the way this works, guys, huh? is I say I'm Alex Jaffe. Right. Frank says I'm Frank Zafaldi. Tim says I'm Tim Rogers. Brandon says I'm Brandon Sheffield because I go first because I'm the host. And the three of you go alphabetically by last right. names. Got right. it? Okay. I'm going to yeah. say Blaine, that. keep all this in because people need to know if you screw up so they can <laughs> okay. call us out. Okay. I'm Alex Jaffe. Right. Um, oh, I'm Frank Zafaldi. I'm Tim Rogers. And I'm Brandon Sheffield. And your game has now been saved. Yeah. <laughs> you got a future in voice work there.